you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Hey, you guys. What's going on? And welcome to episode 526 now of the Ron and Don Show. And we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, don't forget, if you need to sit down with us, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Also, if you want to get signed up for the Nation News, the Nation News went out today, but I could send you a copy all you have to do is do what if you want a copy yeah, of the Nation you, News? You can go to ronanddon.com. It's a tab right up at the top. We don't sell or monetize your uh, mailing address. You're not going to get a bunch of spam from us. But it's information that you can actually use and, and, and keep in touch with us. Yeah. Last night, Ron was kind enough to come over to my backyard cottage up on 3rd Avenue West in Queen Anne and shoot a video. So there are before and after pictures and videos right now. Uh, the fire that we had up there eight weeks ago. Well, guess what? We got it turned around. We're ready to put some butts, be- butts back in beds, as uh, my partner likes to say. And we are just a couple hours away from new guests arriving. So if you want to check out that video, just all you have to do is just reach out to us for the Nation News. It's also at Don O'Neill on my Facebook page. I think I have too many followers, but you can friend me, or too many friends, but you can follow me. So how about that? Anyway, hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show today, we're going to play a little food truck roulette. Roulette? Roulette. Roulette. Or yeah. roulette. <laughs> I, I, I knew it was roulette, and some for some reason I looked down, and I just, I was feeling kind of French Roulette. <laughs> That's like, I, I have Robert a guy now. Robert likes to play food truck roulette. There's this guy I follow online in a food channel that's French, and he gets really upset if you don't say croissant. And it's like, dude, I can't say croissant. We're Americans, croissant. That's amazing. My, my son now, who's 12... This is how deep an impact you think about Saturday Night Live and some of those old school players have had on him. He found he found Will Ferrell through films like Elf. Now he's been going back and watching the old Saturday Night Lives. And the other day, have you have you ever seen Will Ferrell do Robert Goulet on Saturday yeah, Night Live? I mean, it's been years, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So my son will do Will Ferrell being Robert Goulet as a game show host on Saturday Night Live. And he doesn't even know who who Robert Goulet is, really. Right. He's just doing Will Ferrell doing Robert Goulet. And it's funnier than hell seeing a 12-year-old even know who Will Ferrell is, let alone Robert Goulet. Have you ever heard Will Ferrell tell the story? His Saturday Night Live edition included his Harry Carey imitation. Oh, no. Uh-uh. And people didn't know that that was an actual guy. Yeah. If you, I grew up in Chicago, so I knew Harry Carey. If you didn't grow up in Chicago, you may, and, and his character, 
sometimes doesn't go far enough. I mean, right. Harry Carey, if, you, if you've ever listened to him on WLS, WMAQ, Channel 9 in Chicago, the Cubs station and all that, he he was all that. Everything Will Ferrell was doing, and he was more. And so, so Will Ferrell does this whole bit with uh, the Will, the, and he didn't have the <laughs> costume on because he just had like five minutes to audition. Yeah. And nobody on the audition panel knew who Harry Carey was, <laughs> but the character itself was so funny, he still got the gig. Wow. And then later they're like, wait, that's a real guy and he's yeah. like yeah look at this clip yeah. so anyways that's so good hey coming up so we'll fa- let's play food truck roulette we're gonna do a little bit of that also it sounds like we have a major sandwich problem a foot-long problem when it comes to our diets across the united states we're gonna talk about our foot-long problem before we get to that though let's get to this let's talk about wall street main street ron does a little training on both he's invested in real estate also invested in wall street we're starting to see uh small regional banks one or two fail right now by the time you've heard this maybe interest rates have gone up and maybe a couple more have failed ron what's happening right now in the banking industry because i have some big thoughts about what happened five years ago under a current minute or under a previous administration that said hey when it comes to regional banks we're going to turn off these regulations. So you have a lot of regional banks that started taking in a lot of cash. They had to invest that cash somewhere. So they invested in treasury bills because they couldn't loan all that money out, right? And now here we are today and SVB is not only government backed, but in a sense it's government owned and it will be someone's going to sift through their books, and then they're going to turn around and have to put, have to put that bank up for sale. So, so well, the the, the British the, their branch in the UK has already sold for one pound, wow. uh, just so that they could get under the regulation of a different bank. Yeah, but so so I, I don't know enough to be able to explain the macro economy in great detail. But the the thread to me that's very interesting, and we've talked about it before uh, on the show, is that for. I think about someone that is maybe 30 right now or 32 years old. And for their entire adult life, the internet and things associated with the internet and Silicon Valley bank was the backer. Uh, they, their primary reason for existence was to back tech startups. Hmm. And so all of that stuff was free or, or very near free. And so we can go back to, you know, when Uber first launched, you could get a ride for $2 and 50 cents. Um, when, you know, all of like Uber Eats started up or these food delivery places, it was all free. Delivery was free. Sometimes they'd bring you, there was, we did a story once, uh, where one company offered free lunch to everybody in New York city free. They would deliver it for free. And so there was all of these things that were subsidized by what? By very low interest rates. And so what wall street wanted at that time was growth. Yep. They wanted attention. They wanted growth. They wanted clicks. They wanted engagement. And let, and they wanted to change the culture and have our culture become dependent on Uber Eats uh, and come dependent on iBuying, become dependent on the gig economy, become dependent on being an influencer and making money that way and, and rather even, than working nine to five. So, so what these companies are willing to do is perform at a loss to change the culture, get you hooked, and then boom, jack those prices. That's exactly what Uber has done. So now and that, even that airport ride that was 25 bucks is now 125 bucks right. if you don't want to uh, drive in some really small smashed up car. And so, so even Amazon operated for a loss for 
years and years and years. Over ten, so, over over a decade and a half. So, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, their business model was: we're going to get, uh, we have access to very cheap money. We're going to fund all these startups, and we don't need all of them to win. Like that was the model. That was the. It was very similar to the record industry. All we need is a couple of smash hits. All we need is a couple of platinum albums. We're gonna we're gonna come out and we're gonna fund all these startups. And if we can get one Uber, if we can get one Facebook, if we can get one Amazon uh, out of ten or maybe even twenty, then we're gonna be good because uh, we've provided them with this money. They are gonna finance all their stuff through us. They're gonna run payroll through us, and then we're gonna be able to take that money, invest it, and, and we'll make a lot. And so as the culture has been shifting as money's been getting more expensive uh, for the first time. People started looking at this and going, wait a minute, we, we can't afford, we don't have a spread anymore. And so the way the bank would make a money is to, is money to say, we're, we're going to borrow at 1% from the fed. Then we can invest it and make five or 6%. We have a 4% spread that covers all our salaries that covers our brick and mortar buildings, covers the bank infrastructure. Now, when, when the, you can't get that money for cheap, it's hard for an institutional investor like a bank. They can't take, uh, if they're already exposed with this technology investments, they can't then go do another risky. They have to be pretty conservative in the way they invest that money. They couldn't make enough money to cover the spread anymore. And so it, the dominoes started to fall uh, as, the, as Powell continues to ratchet up uh, interest rates. And people started, they had the classic run on the bank. So all of a sudden, people started taking out money out of the bank. Uh, a bank that can't cover, they don't have cash to cover everybody's account that's at the bank. Uh, that cash is deployed elsewhere to make money for the bank. And so when people make a run on the bank, uh, fear set in. Everybody started taking their money out at the same time. They didn't have that cash. The bank failed. The feds have stepped in. Um, I, to me, it's a technology needing to pay for itself story and even looking at the internet and saying this advertiser based model for the internet, maybe it's time we put a bullet in that where they're monetizing human beings. Attention spans is the product. Maybe we need to think about that in a different way. Cause this is, is an, end I result. think you should be more angry thinking about this in a different way is bull. You know what, what happened here is the former president said, we're going to, we're, we're going to take off the frontal lobes, right? The frontal lobes, are the part of the brain that controls that big amelia, right? Amelia. So, th so that's the difference between us and all other animals is we have frontal lobes. We have a braking system, right? They took the brakes off of regional banks. And the question is, are these regional banks now too big to fail? Evidently, in this case, they are. This is a bailout. There's going to be more bailouts as they crank interest rates. That's just a part of it. And people knew this bank was in trouble last year. They certainly knew it was in trouble in January. And we should be all pissed off and mad that the regulation that you still see on big banks uh, was non-existent in a lot of way for regional banks. They should have never been allowed to be so over-leveraged in treasury bills. They should have never been allowed to sit there. I mean, 93% of all their deposits are people that have 250 grand or more in, in an account. And that's not FDIC assured, but evidently it is. So you know what you're doing is you're sending a message to the tech sector and everybody else that even though you're risky and even though you're a mid-sized bank, you're too 
big to fail too. And then they say, wow, you know, this isn't going to end up being a, a, a bailout for the taxpayer. That's what they said back in 2008 through 2010. Of course it was a bailout. This is a bailout. There's going to be more bailouts. And now you have Yellen who's sitting there in a prepared statement today on Capitol Hill. She's been getting grilled. And you, you, you have senators there saying, hey, you can't keep cranking the interest rate. And she's like, hey, do you want to pay $20 for a loaf of bread? Because this is where this is headed. At some point, all the money that we gave away during the pandemic so we could all sit at home and feel comfortable. A lot of people are still sitting home and feeling comfortable. And so what has to happen is this economy and the rest of us are going to have to suffer a little bit. That's just the way it goes. There's going to be some winners and losers. And I tell you what, right now, when the economy is choppy like this, I reached out to one of my partners last night and I'm like, wow, let's go. Let's double down. Let's move. Because when Wall Street is blinking, People on Main Street stay on the sidelines. That's when your opportunity is, in my opinion, to take on a little more, bit more risk, go buy a piece of real estate, and build your wealth. And you'll do what I did. It was 2008 through 2010 where I went out, purchased real estate, and changed my future. And for some of you out there that are willing to take that risk as well, and I mean, you really have to balance the risk because you could lose it all too, Right. I could lose all my real estate. and You never know. But I've lost things before in hurricanes. Doesn't matter to me. I got my son. I got my dog. I got Ron. I'm cool. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys. Can we talk about Les Schwab and Les Schwab tires for a moment? Hey, before you go anywhere, this is what I want you to do as we head into the spring driving season. Stop by Les Schwab and ask for a free pre-trip safety check. What does that mean? They'll get your tires, your batteries, your brakes, your lines, so much more. Then they make recommendations based upon what you really need, Ron, and not what they're trying to sell you, right? Yeah, but if you do need new tires, you can save up to $150 during the Les Schwab Founders Day celebration sale on select tire sizes and types. Schedule an appointment today at leschwab.com, or you can just stop by. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, you guys, back to the Ron and Don show in a moment. I love those guys. They <laughs> are amazing. Speaking about being amazing, do you want to be amazing in 2023? We have a 2023 life-changing event coming up. There are 30 people on February 16th. It costs nothing. There's no flim-flam. There's no bait-and-switch. But we have raised the bar here. We don't want just 30 people showing up that want to meet us because... We can meet you some other time. And believe, believe you me, we're not that exciting. Ron, this specifically, we are dialing into our health and we're dialing into our wealth when it comes to building wealth and health through the power of real estate, right? Yeah, so 30 people and we are going to do a two-hour event here. And I guarantee you, if you really lean into this and you really listen to it, we are going to come up with a custom game plan just for you to acquire that first piece of real estate. It's probably not going to be tomorrow. It might take six months. It might take a year. But if you are ready to go on this journey with us, that's who we want to partner with. So if you're motivated, this rings true. Go to ronanddon.com slash change. It's limited to 30 people. ronanddon.com slash change. We'll see you everybody, February 16th. And now back to the show. 
All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you, forget if you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. And again, we're not banking experts, we're not financial experts, but we know people that are. And so if you have a concern and you want to talk through your money, your banking, the possibility of going out and buying a piece of real estate when people are scared, it's the best time to buy. Ask Warren Buffett, right? That's how he built his wealth. But again, you are taking on some risk. And you have to be comfortable with that. And some people aren't. Some people are not comfortable with risk. They have one job. They get one paycheck. They have one 401k. I think of a doctor friend of mine. Makes a lot of money. He has no wealth. Makes a ton of money. Travels all over the world. He's having a great time. But he gets one check. And that's from the hospital. Never's bought a piece of real estate is a renter. And so we were talking the other day. Hey, you're not always going to have this job. You're going to want to retire early. You're going to want to travel the world. He also wants to take this gift, talent, and ability he has to help people and deploy himself to places like Poland right now, where they're doing an amazing job. In fact, my friend Liz just went over there. She's a physician assistant, and she's given away her gifts, talents, and abilities to help people from Ukraine, right? Really cool. But what do you have when you walk away from the hospital? Yeah, maybe a 401k, maybe a pension, but no investments, Important to get diversified, and real estate should be part of that portfolio. If we can help you with that, Ron and Don, sit down, uh, com, and we'll talk through uh, the risk today. Sandwiches. Seems like we got a foot-long problem. Foot-long? A foot-long problem in America today. And you know what I always say when my son reaches for the white bread? Reach for the white bread, and soon you'll be dead. <laughs> anyway, that's true. That is true. You think about all the processed shiznit that is in the American sandwich, Ron. They say it's become a big issue for Americans when it comes to our diets. And I guess over half of us sit down at least a couple times a week and we eat a sandwich each and every week, if not each and every day. Our kids are eating lots of sandwiches. They're easy to make, but it's lots of processed food. It's lots of sodium, and it is driving the cardiac condition in America. And don't forget, I was really amazed by this a number of years ago when I went to see a heart doctor just to have everything kind of checked out as I was turning 40 and then once again turning 50. He said, if you start consuming a lot of processed food, like bologna and cheese and white bread and making those sandwiches, those fried bologna sandwiches like we did when we were kids. And then you add some pickles, more sodium there, right? And then you add some ranch dressing, more sodium there. It's pretty amazing, especially if you toast that bread and you have a piece of American cheese, you have a piece of fried bologna. I'm getting hungry. Just think about it. The pickles, maybe add some mayonnaise. Maybe there's some mustard in there. Maybe you go with the ranch. And then you fry that up in a pan. I haven't eaten that sandwich since I was a boy, but I could eat one of those right now. The problem is if I did, then I want to eat 10 of those. Because when you eat processed food, right? When you eat, it's not like carrots. You eat a carrot. It's not like carrots come calling. Processed food is different. So especially carbs are really different. Processed carbs, really different. So eat that bowl of popcorn at night. You ever notice Ever notice, it's not a handful of popcorn. It's a bowl. You end up going through the whole bowl. For me, I eat a piece of cheese at night. I could I could eat all that damn cheese. And the same thing, for whatever reason, I love fried, processed meat, spam, all that stuff. When I was recently in Hawaii, loving waking up in the morning and saying, hey, I'm not going to fast today. I'm going to eat some eggs, have some spam, 
an amazing thing. Ron, what say you about the sodium problem in America today? And they say the, the sandwich problem we have is about a foot long. But I think you like like a foot and a half, don't you? No, I, I really don't. I, I mean, uh, I try to limit the sandwiches. The thing I found interesting about this article the most to me was, and I'm fascinated by this because this was kind of the family I grew up in. Americans seem obsessed with quantity over quality. And so the sandwich has grown, has doubled in size. So they, you know, they said, Hey, when, when we started doing research on this, the average sandwich was, I think, 390 calories, almost 400 calories. Average sandwich now that you get prepared at a, at a, you know, fast casual place is 800 to 900 calories, some over a thousand calories. And so the size, and this is across the board. So when you look at fast casual dining and fast food dining, it is about quantity. I I, uh, was on the road the other day, stopped in because I was thirsty. Then I got a fountain drink at, I think, Jack in the Box, the medium fountain drink doesn't even fit in the cup holder like it is <laughs> it was probably wow 50 to 60 ounces and that's the medium yeah. and, and and so we have this fascination with quantity did you and have did, hang on did you have a jack-in-the-box i had i bought their taco okay and a uh yeah because i'm not buying i got a yeah drink. i'm wondering why you shaded it like that i was, I was thirsty, thirsty so i, was I thirsty, went though. in a jack-in-the-box and i got a fountain drink i I, I got the, the taco. I'm, I, I'm calling all cards the, on that. The $1.99 taco. There you go. Thank you. And so the, the thing that's fascinating with, me with the more that I've traveled is yep. you go to other cultures where the value is placed on quality and not size. Give me, so, exa- give me an example. So like when uh, you and I were in France, for instance, um, you go into eat somewhere it's not about how much food you can get. It's how good is this? Like, how can I make you the the perfect whatever it is that I'm making you? Uh, even more so is uh, cultures like Japan or like Italy, where it is all about quality. So, they say if you're gonna if you're gonna eat uh, a bowl of ramen, it's not the biggest bowl of ramen. Can we make the best bowl of ramen? Mm. If you're gonna have in Italy uh, a pasta dish, yeah. they don't give you. A, a animal trough full of pasta. Oh. They give you a very small bowl of pasta, but it's amazing pasta. Mm. And for whatever reason in America, we seem to have placed the value on, and we you'll see this a lot where someone be like, "Oh, I went to this restaurant. I couldn't even finish it. Uh, it was so the the serving was so big. Uh, I got I got a meal for the next day too." And and that scene is some sort of badge of honor that like, wow, they were able to cram so much cheap ingredients onto my plate that I can't even eat it all. And we sort of celebrate that in America versus going, I, do I really need a 1200 calorie sandwich for lunch? Like, like, <laughs> and, but it, it sneaks up on you. Because you get the six inch and then the foot long, they have a special. What else did you have with the taco and the fountain drink? Nothing, just taco and a fountain drink. What did what did what did, what did you pass up? What were you like? Hmm. I mean, I love a curly fry as much as the next other. Yeah, I, did, so I didn't I, get them. Season, curly fries season. Of course, you are get you the dipping that in something? Uh, I'm usually not a dipper. Yeah, uh, I'm like, not either. I like them crunchy. I just like the salt. I like them crunchy. And I like them crispy and salted. And so, yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, I, this did make me think, though, and they went through a whole deal on like we should leave right now and go get some curly fries. <laughs> exactly, is <laughs> to you know the substitutions of putting in you know as many grains as you can for your bread, 
of subtracting as much sugar as you can in the form of ketchup or like you said these dressings that have sugar so you know not doing the the deli meats doing more uh, if you can get a, a less processed meat if you're going to do a meat sandwich it's just it, it it takes a lot of time and it's not common like like for instance i'll eat an all vegetable sandwich sometimes and i'll eat that like on 19 grain bread and it's pretty damn good and it's delicious it takes a long time to do it. It's rel- all all those ingredients are relatively expensive. Right. They are relatively expensive. You're going to have a hard time getting your kid to eat it if you haven't been been challenging their palate when they were young. For instance, we have some clients that have a little girl. Uh you were on a text message last night and they sent us a picture of her. Uh and I think I can say her first name. Her first name is Faith. And Faith is just over a year old. And she's sitting there, and I said, make sure that Faith eats her, because I know that Faith, Faith, Faith likes tomatoes, because I was on a home visit the other day, and my son was the same way. He'd walk into the garden, and he would eat tomatoes right out of the garden. What happened when he got older, and we went to the store, and he would pick out the same tomatoes in the store and pop them in his mouth? They don't taste like the tomatoes from the garden. Absolutely so since not. then, yeah. he's never eaten tomatoes. He has no interest. So so think about how expensive it is to then buy organic because you're hoping it doesn't have all the pesticides. You're hoping it's better for you. You're hoping hoping it has a better taste to it. But a lot of the, these vegetables haven't been spray painted and they haven't been injected with all this stuff. And, and the, when you see them in the store, they just they look like they're dead, like they're dead because they are. They just they and they don't look appealing at all. So sometimes you go back to to the processed vegetables. So uh, just in our house, we don't have white bread. We don't send sandwiches to school to make his his lunches are a little more effort. And now when he gets home from school, we we will make his lunch for the next day together. And and. And he is now participating in making his lunch so he can see kind of what goes into it. He's more thoughtful about it. If you're a parent out there and you're having a hard time getting your kid off a processed food, have them participate in the making of the food. And then you can talk about food, the quality of food. They can learn and they don't, what you don't want to do, because my son right now is a little, well, he's not a little, he's, he's, he hasn't, he hasn't gone tall. He's just gone wide. So, so he has some weight on him that his pediatrician says will, will go away as he gets taller, but he just kind of in that, in that when you're 12 turning 13 and you haven't gone up yet, right? Your body is storing on, uh, or it's hanging on to all that, uh, those calories and all that energy, uh, to help you grow. And, 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 and so it's really important to not shame our kids. And say, what do you think the balance is on that, Ron? What, how do how, and, and I know we're going, let's, let's talk about this more when we come back. Let's talk about shaming our kids when it comes to food on the other side of this. Cause I think it's an important topic. It's Ron Don here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. Mitch, uh, do I need to have 20% down to buy a house right now? No, and that's actually one of the most common mistakes that I do here is people think and people have thought for a long time that 20% is the standby. 20% the first time you're buying a home is not normal at all. With with prices, you know, around a million dollars often for first-time home buyers, 20% is a lot of money to save, and it is not necessary. You can put 3.5% down with an FHA loan, 5 5% down, sometimes even less with a conventional. And 
mortgage insurance just isn't as bad as it used to be. I just did a loan that was a $900,000 home. The buyers put 10% down and they were going to pay mortgage insurance of $100 a month for two years. Now that $2,400 feels like a lot, maybe, but if you talk about how much their home is going to grow in value over that time, it's nothing. All right. He's Mitch Weeks. Uh, Get in touch with him at Mitch.Loans. If you're a first-time buyer and your ears just perked up and go, I'd like to buy a house for 5% down, it's Mitch.Loans. Oh, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. We were were talking about, because my son will ask about calories, he asks about food, and he's a little overweight right now. Ron, what do you think a good approach is in, in talking about calories, talking about food, and at the same time, we all know this, if, especially when you're young, if you've been shamed about anything when you were younger, that, that drama a lot of times when you're younger can turn into trauma when you, when you get older, right? We've, we've all been there when we think about maybe an adult, a coach, a grandparent, Something we got shamed for when we were younger, and we carry that into our adult lives. And sometimes then we end up dealing with a behavior. Then we have to hide that behavior because we're shamed by it. Uh, what, what say you? Because I know that you've done a lot of work around this. And then we're going to play uh, food truck roulette here in just a moment. I, as I've thought about this very deeply and even talked to professionals about it, uh, I think the biggest thing for kids, and I didn't even know this term existed until a couple of years ago, is to avoid disordered eating. And so what, what, what is that disorder? D- disordered eating means, like you said, having shame around food mm-hmm. when parents will force a kid to eat. Yeah. Uh, let's say that um, I, I grew up in a household where you cleaned your plate. That was that was it. And I think it came from a, an honest place where, you know, it was expensive to put food on the table. And so they wanted you to eat uh, and they wanted you to eat the, the serving that they put in front of you. And so, but it became coercive. You can't leave the table until you finish your food. Or if I, you know, if, if you didn't want that food that day, it didn't matter what I wanted. Uh, you were forced to eat that, that is disordered eating. So to coerce someone to eating and then also, were you coerced into eating that uh, ta- that dollar ninety nine taco. Oh, that was not. Or See, did you do that on your own? So here's the thing that we're like. I know you're in good fun, yeah. but this is the this is another thing I was about to talk to. Labeling foods good or bad. Yeah. And so and 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 ribbing someone about you ate a bad food and look at me, I'm going to virtue signal and I ate a good food. Uh, that that is disordered eating. So there, so there did, so no, did I just for so you you were you're ribbing and I know it's in good fun, but that's part of disordered eating. So you even can't around have, your fun. You, no, and I so let me go deep on this. So you and, and I'm not arguing with you. I'm learning. So so if you know, like I know, for instance, that that you've struggled with food in your life. So you take that as is because to me, I haven't struggled as much with food, so it's just funny to me. But what you're, but but it's, let's, it's not let's, funny. Let's talk about drinking, and that's not funny to me, right? right. So what you're saying is, that, I, I, I hear what you're saying. That's that, good. That's, that's triggering, and it's also, yes. it's also virtue signaling to say, oh, I don't struggle with sweets, and it's like, well, I don't what? I don't struggle with sweets or whatever. I don't have a sweet tooth. Uh, and so you're sort yep. of, it's, that's a one down statement. It's like, I'm better than you because I do this. People do that all the time. And when, when they say, why aren't you having a cocktail with us? It's just, you know, I woke up today and I decided I'm not having cocktails today. So, and I'm training for something, whatever it is, but then people will, will go into their whole drinking history with you and why right. they don't have a problem. Like you might have a problem. 
And it, it it's very into so I, I I agree with you. That's a good that that's a good point. And yeah. so and then if you do study stuff like intuitive eating, the labeling some foods good and some foods bad and having a restriction reward mentality is a time bomb. So if you have kids and you go, you're bad, you did it. You, you got a C on your report card. Therefore no ice cream for you this week. Or, Hey, you got a, a B plus on your report card. Therefore we're going to reward you with ice cream. And you create this paradigm of when I'm bad, I get restricted. If I'm good, I get rewarded Mm. or, um, you can't have that food, but you can have this food. That food is bad. This food is good. And, and you're, you label things that way. It sets up that pendulum of restrictions and binging, restriction and binging. Mm. Uh, and then the shame cycle will happen after that of like, Oh man, I've been so good yeah. for these two weeks. And then I failed and I went and had pizza. And now I'm a bad person. So pizza's a failure. And I'm a failure because what I really wanted was pizza. Wow. And I'm I'm now a failure because I didn't eat that pizza. So if you can avoid, I think, as for a child, because when a child is really young, they eat when they're hungry. And when they're not hungry, they don't eat. That's what Charlie does. He and has they, a bowl full of food. And when he wants it, he eats it. And right. He, he completely regulates. He's 29 pounds. He's always been 27 to 29 pounds. He's, he self-regulates. Right. But he had to learn that as a puppy. If I did that now, he would overeat and get sick. And you're right. Like with dessert at night, we, we about six months ago, and I thought this was interesting, we switched to self-regulation. And I just told my son, uh, you can have dessert anytime you want uh, after we eat. Here's some boundaries. And then he'll go a week and not and and not have dessert. And then maybe one night he'll have uh, a fruit popsicle. And then maybe once a week he'll eat some ice cream. But he's doing all that to self-regulate. And the parents that I watch that allow their kids to learn behavior and self-regulate while they're in the house. Like I, I remember a friend of mine. Uh, he, I said, "What do you do about pot smoking with your kids?" He said, "Both of my kids have bongs." I said, where are they? He goes, they're in their bedrooms. I said, how do you know that? He said, because I've been there when they're smoking pot. Uh, How do you feel about that? And they're off to college now. He goes, you know what? What I didn't want to do, you don't take a young woman who's a virgin, who's never done a drug, who's never drank a beer, uh, who has never learned to self-regulate where their parents have done everything for them, and you send them off to college. You never take a young man and, 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 and the same thing. Do all these things for him and then send him off to college because that's a time bomb waiting to go off. And that and, and we've seen young people get harmed in those scenarios because they didn't know how to drink. They didn't know how to smoke from a bong. They had never had protected sex. So then, the, then you up, end up in a situation where you're having unprotected sex because you didn't expect it. The next thing you know, you're pregnant. Then uh, uh, are you having an abortion? Are you having the baby? Are you doing all? And it's because kids didn't learn to regulate when they were in their parents' house. Either number one, because the parents did everything for them, or number two, because their parents didn't give them any any guidance. So uh, I think that's important, and I think what you're saying... So sorry for doing that. Like, oh, thank you. appreciate that. Yeah, that's, 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 a, good, that's a good education for me. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, and it's hard for me even to this day to not think of good food, bad food. So like a taco at Jack in the Box, it's not a bad food. It's yeah. just a food. 
And if you are now, if you do that every day and, uh, you know, all the stuff and you go, what is your goal in life, Ron? If it's like, Hey, I want to be, I want to be more lean and more fit and athletic and have a long life. Then I need to reconcile that and go, these are my goals in life. And so therefore I'm going to, you know, maybe regulate that more and do it less frequently, but there's nothing inherently bad about ice cream. There's nothing inherently bad about uh, wanting a piece of pizza. It's all about, and if you make it a binge or restrict mentality, then that that's what happens. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 526 of the Ron and Don show. I want to thank one of our new sponsors, Spotify. In fact, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, check out Spotify today. also want to thank our friends at Les Schwab, doing the right thing since 1952. The spring tire sale is going on right now. And don't forget, if you need help with a loan, switch to Mitch. Go to Mitch.loans.com. It's just Mitch.loans. Is that right? Yeah, there's no .com. Yeah, and also, don't forget, Ron and Don, you need us. You need us as your friends, your broadcasters, or your real estate agents. We appreciate all your referrals. Thanks for loving us, believing in us, trusting us, allowing us to be your broadcasters, your friends, and your realtors. If you need us, just reach out, ronanddonsitdown.com, and you can write us directly, ron at ronanddon.com. We'll see you next time for episode 527, where I'm going to share a story about a note that was left on my truck after I asked a gentleman to stop masturbating in front of a kid's park. The note is right here. I'll tell you about it on 527. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Olay! On the Ron and Don. Hang on, real quick. Food truck. There's a bus in Burien that is a taco bus. Yeah. And it's parked. Uh, it should still be there. It's right south of the McDonald's in Burien. And okay. it's an old uh, Mexican school bus. Yeah. Painted white with the colors of Mexico, and you have to go into the school bus to the back is the kitchen. Okay, and you'd sit uh, where the school bus seats would be. Yeah, we're we're playing right now. Uh, we're playing food truck roulette at least once every two weeks, and there's a food truck in my neighborhood called Smash It. Have you been to it? I haven't, and had a Smash Burger. It's amazing. Just like my friend Steve Martin makes at the Firehouse. Check out Smash It. You order online, you pay online. And then you just show up, you pick up. There's only three different kinds of burgers they make, and that's it. And it's one of the best burgers I've ever had. As I said, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You listen to the Ron and Don Show. On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Smash it, Charlie. Smash it. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.